All right. Hey, my friends, welcome to Real Live Talk. And thank you guys so much for taking the time to check out this episode. Really means the world to me that you're here. If you get anything out of this, if it blesses you, challenges you, inspires you, encourages you, makes you mad, whatever, uh, please consider subscribing or um, leaving a comment or a review on one of the podcast platforms or on the Facebook page. Really appreciate you guys in advance for doing that. I want to welcome uh, back to the podcast for the third time a good friend of mine, Heather Carter. Heather co-hosts the podcast, Can I Have a Word With You? She's an author, and in her writing and teaching, she seeks to help people experience freedom from what she calls plagues of the soul, including things like fear, anxiety, bitterness, resentment, control, you know, these things that we all have dealt with and that we deal with in one way or another in our lives. And uh, you can find out more from Heather on her website, heathercarterwrites.com. She's got over 500, I think it is, blog posts that are actually searchable by category. So if you're struggling with something like, say, unforgiveness, you can type that in. Or if you're struggling with anxiety, you can type that in. And all the different blog posts that she's done over the years will will uh, will pop up there. And it's really a cool resource for kind of uh, inundating your mind with something if, you're, if you find yourself struggling um, in one of those areas. So I encourage you to check out that uh, awesome, awesome resource that Heather has available at heathercarterwrites.com. And uh, yeah, so in this conversation, this is a pre-recorded episode, and uh, Heather and I, we spent some time talking about some of those plagues of the soul. We specifically talked about ego. We talked about control. We also talked about the power of sharing your own personal story, your own testimony, even when your story is still being written. In other words, when it's still messy and there's still stuff going on and you're still not perfect, <laughs> as none of us are. But the but the the power of that, the power of that openness and vulnerability, and that's something that Heather um, writes from. She writes from that place of authenticity. You'll hear it in this conversation. She's not afraid to open up and be just real and honest about her struggles, about how she feels. And I think that that's a, that's a really, really powerful thing. And it's really, really helpful. And so uh, I think you're going to get a lot of value out of this conversation. Toward the end, in the second half of the podcast, we talk about some, uh, you know, some other topics as well. We talk about cussing, we talk about drinking, we talk about some things that a little bit maybe edgier uh, conversations. But we, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think you're going to get a lot of value out of it. So again, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, now join me in welcoming back to the podcast uh, again, Heather Carter. How are you? I'm good. Good. A lot of stuff going on well yeah last time we were supposed to have this was when my son got hit by a car he's doing really well he just got released to drive so that's wow. very cool and that, that was is very cool expensive because he was ubering to school every day and that was about a hundred dollars a day so a hundred dollars a day yeah because he lives in la so to go in an Uber there is a little more pricey. So yeah, that's been good that he can drive and he's just doing physical therapy a couple times a week and hopefully we'll make a full recovery eventually. And that's, that's awesome. That's so yeah. cool. I, I remember, I remember that day. I remember you, um, I don't remember if it was a text or how it was that you reached out to me and mm -hmm. it was just, ah, oh, that's gotta be the, the worst phone call you can, yeah receive as a mom yeah well he had text he had no he called it like six in the morning which is weird because he's never up that early so i thought oh that's probably just a butt dial and i asked my husband did berkeley leave you a message or call you and he said no i said okay it's probably just a butt dial so i didn't 
think anything of it. And then about nine o'clock, he called back and said, I'm in the emergency room. I've been here all night waiting for surgery and waiting to see a doctor. He hadn't, they wouldn't let his wife in. So it was just mm -hmm. kind of a mess. But um, so then I left from Vegas and went straight to California. So luckily I didn't, hadn't come back home yet to Illinois. That would have been a lot more complicated. So a lot oh, of yeah. good timing things happened in the midst yeah. of it. And the fact that he's not permanently damaged or dead. You know, every time I tell someone, they're like, oh my gosh, my friend has a kid who got hit and killed in LA, you know, just by hit and run. Like I hear hit and run stories constantly and most people are yeah. not walking away. You know, they walk away, but you know, they're, they have permanent damage or they're didn't make it at all. So, you know, yeah. we're pretty lucky. Mm. Well, praise God that. Wow. Crazy stuff. Uh, yeah. So what, what, what else has been going on? I know um, you've been doing some, some traveling and uh, doing some events for, for women in some churches and all that kind of stuff. What, what's been going on with all that? Uh, yes, I've been doing some, what I call soul selfie soirees and they're three hour interactive women's events. So, um, actually the ones I've been doing are three hours. Um, but the one I'm, I have one coming up in California in April and it's been extended to a whole weekend. So my three hour, I'll do a three hour talk or one and a half hour talk. And then three other talks on top of that throughout the weekend. So I'm currently working on those right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoo, that went, that went sideways, I guess, in a good way, but no, I'm excited, yeah. but it's just challenging my, my brain and um, my messages to kind of break them down into smaller chunks and stuff. So it's good. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Yeah, that's amazing. So what is the, what's the, the thing behind it? What is it that you are um, really hoping through these um through these talks through, through these soirees excuse me i don't know why i'm having a hard time with that word soiree <laughs> it's lots of people do so <laughs> most of those people in the past have actually uh renamed them because i think they either don't know what they are or they don't make you know they don't think people will be able to figure it out or they can't spell it because try to spell it i i don't even gonna make you try to spell it i know it's like a couple of e's <laughs> at the end of it yeah and it and uh i think there's uh, an accent mark on one of them yeah so, so yeah. like the, the thing it, it's a i'm assuming it's a french word right mm -hmm. it's it really actually means a nighttime party a nighttime so party. yeah yeah okay. we're doing them at night and sometimes in the morning so the friday night one i've done i've done them friday night sunday morning and sat or sunday afternoon and a saturday morning and they've all been different dynamics i like the friday night one the best because people are a little more energetic and um saturday mornings they're pretty good sundays that you know i could tell like they want to be there but they also kind of want to take a nap so they're you know they're doing their best to pay attention <laughs> so i think i don't know i would do a it's lot more than that. yeah I like, be here, but I i'm not that good i can't that. compete with that <laughs> yeah you can't compete with a that's mm -mm. true you can't compete with a good nap mm -mm. yeah um very very cool so the soiree 
I'm still stuck on that word. I, I I think it's I think it's funny how we just have all these French words in our lang- in our vocabulary <laughs> that like we just never bothered to create a word in English for it. Like fiance, <laughs> like these different yeah. words. It's like it's like there's no good word. There's like old English like betrothed type stuff that we would never <laughs> use. But it's like we just they're part of our vocabulary. It's like at some point someone should have just created. We have a hundred and like 70,000 words in our English vocabulary. It's like, we should have just created. I think we can figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Side, side, side trail. Uh, So the soiree. So, um, and, and so what is it that you are really um, um, hoping to impart to uh, these, these ladies that you're having these soirees with? Well, several things, but the, the overarching theme is just using your story, using whatever your story is. And often, and, you know, for me, primarily mine started with a messy, hard, scary story with my leukemia is when I started writing, but we had also been through a lot of tough things with some, um, some relationships with people and some forgiveness things and some addiction in our family system. And so um, instead of, I feel like during that time, God really prompted me to turn that camera back around on myself, if you will, instead of taking snapshots of everybody else's behavior and either trying to modify it or correct it or judge it to turn the camera back around on myself and remind myself that I am a full-time job and that I have a lot of work to do. And so I kind of really went to work on myself. And in the process of doing that, I did a lot of, uh, I guess, public confession about a lot of things that I was struggling with or ways that I had, you know, embarrassing thoughts I had about doubting God or Mm. um, gossiping or things like that. And just sharing those out loud with people. And what I found was that people were much more apt to listen and feel encouraged when I shared where I, the places I was broken and messed up than when I was trying to share after I got everything cleaned up. Um, So these soirees are me talking through and sharing through the messiness of my life and encouraging them to take where, their life wherever they're at and start sharing it and sharing their um, struggles with others so that people can be encouraged by the strength that they've been given by God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's so huge. And uh, that's very on brand for you, right? Like uh, <laughs> in helping, wanting to help others to feel empowered enough to share their story. And what you're saying there about how, you know, when when we're kind of still in it, you know, it's, it's one thing to get through to the other side where you can kind of feel a little bit more comfortable, maybe talking about how messed up your life was five years ago or 10 years ago or whatever. But when you're kind of still in that process and still processing things and still dealing with the messiness of, of what's going on, maybe some struggles that you're having or some challenges that you're facing or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. How, how would you say that that has been just as far as, um, well, let's say for you, let's start with, for you, I was going to ask you uh, about how it is to kind of help other people to feel empowered, to get to that point where they're 
confident enough or comfortable enough to share their story. But maybe like let's uh, turn the turn the camera back toward you to use your language and say like how um, how did you kind of get to that point or was it just a God thing or was it um, encouragement from other people or how did you kind of get to that point where you felt whatever i don't know i don't even imagine you felt super comfortable but that there was that willingness to kind of share you know what what you were going through what your struggles were um i think that gosh just like anything i think that we grow from it's usually pain and we had my husband and i had been through a lot of pain and turmoil um with each other and with um, some church situations. Um, and then as we were about ready to, um, crumble, you know, we got some, made some, uh, made some ground, I guess that doesn't sound right, but we, uh, you know, we got some healing and then I got leukemia. So we were kind of a crazy hot mess for a few years. And, there was a lot of things that were out of our control. And I I don't think that God gave me leukemia, but I do feel like it was a gift for me because it forced me to slow down. My counselor always says, when I kind of act like I'm not gonna do the work to get better, he's like, you know, you can do this standing up or you can do this laying down. And you've already done it laying down for 70 days in the hospital. So I would suggest you get to work <laughs> and do the, you know, confront your stuff and get after it because, you know, we all know that effects that stress and um, resentments and things like that have on our bodies. You know, they cause heart attacks, they cause sometimes cancer, they can cause a lot of things. So um, I think God got my attention and I was broken enough and my ego was absent at that time. Uh, and I just was willing to be who I was and stop pretending to be better than I was. Wow. Man, that word you just said, that ego, ego is such mm -hmm. a, is such a big thing. Um, how do you deal with that? That's probably a very broad question, but how do you start to deal with your ego? Because like our, our ego can just so often get in the way, whether it's, I mean, I was fighting against my ego this week with a, a, a job that, that I have. I, I have a, a job that I, I work a couple times a week and I was kind of, I got transferred to an area where I'm under different leadership now. Mm -hmm. And there were some things that um i was uh confronted with that were actually uh basically i was being confronted by somebody who's been doing this a lot longer than me telling me look if you change this and this and this you're going to be a lot more successful and this is going to go a lot better for you and you know there's this ego thing in me that i would just had to keep like stop it stay down because i kept wanting to defend myself and i kept wanting to you know whatever mm -hmm. and uh and i think i i think i actually survived that that initial conversation pretty good i think i did a pretty good job at kind of just like all right yeah i see what you're saying and kind of going through it but yeah. that ego thing man it shows up in so many different ways it shows up in that it shows up in wanting to defend yourself it can show up yeah. in wanting to defend somebody else but maybe 
in a, in a way that's actually more uh, selfish than it is actually about the other person. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it can show up in just so much pride kind of kind of stuff. This these things that we all kind of deal with. Um, what's been maybe something for you that's helped you kind of, you know, win that fight against your ego? Well, win is probably a strong word, but uh, have some little battles and skirmishes and come out without anything broken or permanently injured. But yeah, yeah God and I go, uh, you know, the thing that I've heard about ego um, in some of the circles that I'm in, they talk about ego as edging God out. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That's good. And that's really what it is. It's like you, you become you start thinking you're bigger than God, you know, better than God. And it's really an insidious thing because the other thing we always say is um, what ego says is I'm not much, but I'm all I think about. So <laughs> ego doesn't have to be thinking you're awesome. Ego can be also thinking you're less than, but thinking about yourself all right. the time. Like it's still right. all about you. Um, whether you're thinking grandiose thoughts about yourself or beating yourself up, you're still focused 100% on yourself. And that's really the part that God, I don't think, loves. And um, yeah, that's that deceptive thing about pride is that, you know, we think that pride is this thing where, oh, I'm, I'm so proud because I'm so great and everybody should look mm -hmm. at me. But it also goes the other way. Where, yeah, I think that's a beautiful description of, of egos edging God out where, it, you know, we kind of put ourselves in this box that says that we're not good enough, that we, we don't have what it takes, that we don't measure up. And what we don't recognize is that's actually a form of pride as well, because mm -hmm. we're saying that at, from a Christian perspective, it's like saying, well, what God did for me wasn't good enough or who God made me to be uh, wasn't good enough. And we don't think about it like that. We're just thinking about how bad we are and how insecure we are and how whatever. But it really is at the root of it. It really is this uh, form of pride that says that we know better than he knows. We know better uh, about ourselves than what he actually says about us. Mm -hmm. It's and very similar to kind of our, it's our sinful nature. It's that thing in us that is self-serving and wants what we want when we want it and wants to be, um, you know, the image management game of trying to make other people think things about us that are may or may not be true. You know, I want you to think I'm a good Christian who behaves all the time. And so sometimes you get living in that world, but your heart, you know, you, is, can be cold or mistrusting or arrogant and all the, all the things that um, distract really do distract from the light of Jesus, even though we think our behavior should somehow point to Jesus. <laughs> but yeah. our attitudes and our egos can um, trump our good behavior. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I, that you do really well, things that we've talked about on here in the past and, and uh, that I've read uh, in your books and stuff like that is that you, you do a good job of not sugarcoating your own flaws or your own failures or your own struggles, but, you know, really kind of saying it like it is and like, yeah, this is where my mindset was, or this is where my mindset is right now. And it's not very nice. It's not very pretty. It's not very ugly, but it is real. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as you're, as you're living your life that way, I, I think that this is such an important thing. I, I feel like I've had a lot of conversations about this kind of stuff recently, just around, mm -hmm 
transparency and around authenticity. And those are like these kind of buzzwords that we throw around. You got to be authentic. Mm -hmm. And like, what does that actually mean? But I think that um, when we when we really, you know, boil this down, I think what you're saying is so true that when you can be real and honest and mm -hmm. come from an authentic place of you know, this is what I, this is what I believe. And this is what God, you know, wants for us. And this is what God has for us. At the same time, this is where I am right now. And I think the honesty of that, it doesn't distract or detract from your ability to teach others, to mentor others, to sow into others. Mm -hmm. I think that if we would change our perspective mm -hmm. um, and, and actually value on honesty and transparency and authenticity, we would get over this thing about like, oh, well, if you're in a place of mentorship or if you're in a place of leadership, then your life is supposed to be all together and pretty and, you know, rainbows and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, it's like, no, I can actually, I, I feel like if we look at, at this the right way, we can actually have more authority to speak into people's lives when we're coming from that mm -hmm. place of vulnerability that says, look, I'm struggling with this and I'm dealing with this as well. Because I think that when people, even if they see that our lives are not fully developed yet, mm -hmm. they see that they can trust us. I think right. that, that goes such a long way to, you know, lend to where people are actually able to receive um, from you and from what you're, what you're offering. Mm -hmm. You know, we, um, that that kind of tees up exactly the, my main focus really of the soul selfie soirees is that i basically start by saying you know in in life you know we're taught that if if you're polite you tell other people to go first you know you go first you go first if you're living like your mama taught you kind of thing but when it comes to going somewhere scary or takes courage we're kind of relieved to hear someone say oh i'll go first you just wait here i'll go first and so i spend the first hour and a half of the time together with the women going first i'll go first so you feel safe to go next so i talk about all the places i messed up for about an hour and a half which is really not enough time to do all that uh, because I have a lot of things. Uh, I try to narrow it down. And then the cool part is, is that we take a little break and then they get in groups of maybe eight and I give them some instructions. Uh, basically, if you're talking, you have the packet of Kleenex and when you're done talking, you pass it to the next person and then no one talks except that person until they're done talking so that every person gets a chance to share because it's amazing how many people will talk if they're simply given a turn. If yes. you leave it wide open, then big mouth people like me and personalities like me can't handle silence. And so then we jump in and talk way too much. And so it gives every person a turn. Um, and we read through, like I'll read through a, a blog of mine on comparison and then they dialogue about comparison. And then I'll read one about resentment and then they'll dialogue about resentment. And it's crazy. Uh, it's a God thing, absolutely, that immediately people start crying. That's partly why they're holding Kleenexes. Mm -hmm. Because I've already gone first and shared 
the dark stuff of my soul. So they're like, well, heck, she's a hot mess. How much more, how much worse can mine be? And so they just start talking to sometimes perfect strangers about things that um, they probably haven't even said out loud before. Or I've seen family members in a group together talking about resentments. And you can tell none of them have talked about this with each other before. And it's just beautiful. People just lay it all out there. So we, yeah. you know, a lot of times we go to con conferences and we hear a lot of good stuff, but we don't know the people we came with any better than when we got there. Uh, so I want to help people build community for when they go back to their places and yeah. hopefully launch, you know, some new, a new level of their relationship with each other and with God. That's so good. That's so good. Cause one, one of the, one of the things that I've, um, started to just struggle with internally. I, I'm somebody who, I mean, I've been to so many throughout my whole life. Like I've always been in church, mm -hmm. like throughout my whole life, I've been to so many conferences, whether they're youth conferences, worship conferences, leadership conferences, what a church like plan. Overload. Like, been, uh, been so I can't possibly. Yeah. <laughs> it and, creates and a lot I, of pressure too. Like I got to go implement so much stuff now and we can't. Yeah. But, but one of the one of the things that I that I that just bothers me and I and it's not like I like the idea of conferences like I think they're great and I think a lot of times you go and you feel empowered and you know great great stuff happens while you're there but what I've seen too often is that I think for a lot of people for I mean I would imagine that in most conferences that most people in the room they have a great time and then they go home and everything kind of stays the same when all is said and done. Mm -hmm. And so I love what you're, what you're saying there about that focus on, and I don't say it to be cynical. I'm just saying it's something that I've kind of like questioned in my mind because as somebody, I mean, we do conferences and I, you know what I mean? Like we speak at conferences, yeah. we do, we do the conference thing, but I'm like, how can we take what's here and make it so practical that we actually, and I think you just hit the nail on the head there is like, I want you to, it's like kind of creating practical ways for them to experience community while they're there so that it becomes something that they can take with them and model, but they've already experienced what it's like to do life with somebody else and to have that safe space and to grow in that community together. I think that that's so, mm -hmm. it's so, it, it's so, it's so key to our growth as, you know, people of God, as our, as our, as our growth and the things that we're called to is like learning to actually be in community mm -hmm. with people, to be in family um, with people, not just on a surface level, but what that actually means. And a big part of what that is, a big part of community is that honesty and vulnerability, that comfortability to be mm. able to kind of open your heart, express your heart, share about the things that that you're dealing with, struggling with, whatever. And it doesn't mean, and I love the fact even that, you know, the way you describe that kind of bringing it down to these smaller groups and, mm -hmm. you know, not making somebody stand up and, you know, testify in front of a hundred people, mm -hmm. but you know what I mean? Cause it's not just airing your dirty laundry to all kinds of people, but mm -hmm. that just that I, that, uh, yeah, that idea of community and creating that kind of practical space to experience that so that they can take it home. And it's mm -hmm. something that they've, you know, worked through and that they can now implement on a regular basis. Um, that's so that's that's just that's very cool. I love yeah. I really, really like that. 
Well, you know, it teaches them to look for the similarity similarities in each other and not the differences. Because, you know, when I, what I talk a lot about in my books is in the soul selfie and soul self, selfie hashtag no filter, another common theme in that, obviously the overarching theme is just me going first and sharing where I'm mm -hmm. kind of messed up. But the other thing is that we all struggle with common plagues of the heart. And I call those, you know, diseases, soul sickness diseases like worry, fear, resentment, control, comparison, um, just to name a few. And those are universal things. They're not and they're not just women things. I'm just doing this for the women because that seems to be a natural fit for me to be able to get in the door. But at the church and one of the churches I spoke at in Napa, I spoke on Sunday morning and that was um, on trusting God in the trauma. And that was covering some of some of the same common plagues of the heart but there's obviously men in the audience as well and um mm -hmm. many of my readers are men the um what the man who actually encouraged me to put my blogs in a book was an 85 year old man who'd been a christian for years couldn't even pull up my blog he had to have the each one printed out and handed to him you know by a secretary kind of thing so we all have these common plagues of the heart and when we can remember that we're more similar than we are different, then it gives you, you can kind of, um, you know, though you might not like all the people at your table, you'll love them in a unique and special way because you both struggle with some of the same things and you'll hear your story. Yeah, that's so good. So what, why do you think um, story specifically your story, your personal story, or, you know, my story, <clears throat> the, the women that you're uh, imparting to in these events, their individual story. Why do you think that um, story is so powerful? Mm. Well, I think if we use it um, honestly, it helps us meet, it helps us use our story immediately. That's one of the things I challenge people to do is like, you know what, you may not think your story matters, but it does. It matters to you, but it also matters to someone else. And one of the <laughs> illustrations I talk about is from a, a talk I heard years ago. I don't, I don't even know who it was, but it was a guy who had been um, asked to fill in as a biology professor, and he was like an English professor, and they needed him badly at the last minute. So he agreed, and he would read... Uh, he would go home every night and study the next day's lesson and then teach it the next day as if he'd known this information for years. He didn't tell the students he didn't know what he was teaching, didn't know a lick about it <laughs> before the day before. So he would do this every day. And one day a girl came up to him and just was kind of enamored and said, oh, you're just so smart. I just wish that I knew as much about biology as you do. And he said he thought to himself, well, tomorrow you will. And I think that's kind of what it's like is like you might not be down the road in your recovery or down the road and, you know, battling your resentments or your forgiveness or tackling those things. But you might be one day or one hour ahead of someone else who needs to know that there's some hope for them. How are they going to get to tomorrow? Yeah. And your story, even if it's still jacked up, is going to help them not give up so you can start immediately with your story 
if you're waiting for a perfect story that's not gonna happen and I waited for that for a long time or I would do like what you said I would share in hindsight oh you know a few months ago I was struggling with you know forgiveness and resentment and but now I've done steps a B and C and now I'm ta-da! I'm all better and now I will go to my computer and just start writing a blog saying you know I was dropping my kids off at school this morning and I saw that girl she is so mean and and causing me so much stress in my life like I literally had to keep myself from just running her over with my car that's a true story <laughs> you know so i don't wait till i get that figured out i just get in there and write and confess it and say you know i know this isn't how it's supposed to be i don't know that god says we can't hate people i don't want to hate people but i have to tell you i hate this person and that makes me really sad and i need to let god deal with me on that because yeah. it's not okay to hate it's just not okay so yeah. you know i just try to get it out there and maybe someone else thought that same thing in the morning about someone and they're like, you know what? You're right. Let's, let's deal with this. Yeah. And you know, at least me and Heather are crazy together. We can figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, it's, it's, there's something about, you know, again, doing life with people and actually being in real authentic community that mm. is, I think it's, it's almost counterintuitive to the way that we've developed. Like what I mean by that is it's so normal to greet somebody and say, Hey, how are you? And they'd be like, Oh, I'm fine. And like, you're, we're even asking that question, right? We're asking, how are you? How's the family? And we don't want a real answer. It's just like okay. the social cues that we operate under. Yeah. So when somebody on the other end is actually authentic and they say, <laughs> and they say, you know what, um, I'm actually in a really tough place right now and, you know, I'm feeling depressed or I'm really struggling or, you know what, my marriage is actually uh, falling apart right now or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, like I didn't, I, I wasn't expecting all that. Like I didn't want your yeah. whole life story. Mm -hmm. And it's that thing. And of course, that's again, that's not something you would do with everybody. But I think even we do it in church every Sunday. You know, we, we do it like we might be, you know, fighting with each other in the car on the way there. But then we get inside mm -hmm. and everybody puts their fake smile on and just acts like everything's OK. And it's like, praise the Lord, everybody. And it's just kind of mm -hmm. this thing. And there's so much. And I and I think probably we have good intentions with it for the most part. But I think there's this fakeness that we kind of naturally operate under we have this inclination mm -hmm. toward inauthenticity and it gets um what's the word i'm looking for it it gets negatively or depending on how we're looking at it yeah i'd say negatively reinforced when we have those opportunities where we do open up and we say something real and then we kind yeah. of shut down because oh it's not the time for that yeah so well so and you look like, around <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to know because we had that experience too. Is like when you watch what happens to other people when they're vulnerable, or you see pastors, for example, who you know have a moral moral failure or something, or try to talk about an addiction or try to talk about the whatever their struggle is, and then the next thing you know, they're fired and on the news, like that's like a mental note to Christians and 
other pastors, like whatever you do, don't tell what's really going on. You just yeah. keep it shut. Yeah, keep that to yourself. Um, so, you know, as Christians, we're not doing a great job of modeling that either. And it, it's tough. I don't know exactly the whole answer, but I do know that, you know, one of the things I also talk a lot about in my talk is um, that keeps us from living connected to each other and living authentically is our secrets. You know, they always, you've heard, you know, we're only as sick as our secrets, things like that. Um, we, we can't, the secrets that keep us, or, you know, we think we're keeping secrets, but the secrets are actually keeping us. And we all have a lot of them, a lot of them. So I'm trying to tell as many of mine as I can without, you know, throwing other people under the bus, because that's not loving either. <laughs> You can't tell other people's secrets and some of them involve other people. But, you know, there's a way to be, I think, authentic and vulnerable without um, taking dignity away from the other people in our lives either. That's yeah. important. Yeah, that's really good. And and so on that, like kind of learning to walk in um, this kind of openness and 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 learning how to yeah be be vulnerable and share those secrets and share those things that you have i mean what do you what do you think is a good place to to start because obviously again we're not trying to you know tell the whole world about our our struggles and stuff like that i mean i think that you mentioned a couple of things there you mentioned pastors it's like i think that we're kind of the worst with we're some of the worst with it is <laughs> mm -hmm. you know because of the fact that yeah uh you know there's this there's this idea and i mean there is a standard right like there <laughs> there's a definite mm -hmm. standard that if you're going to be publicly teaching the word of god and you're going to be you know what i mean like there's there's a standard that we are supposed to live according to i mean it's out mm -hmm. it's outlined in scripture there's a standard that we should um you know sh strive to live up to but at the same time we're not going to do it perfectly and mm -hmm. i don't think that it should be you know I, I i i think that we definitely have this tendency to like pedestalize people because they have some kind of a voice or they have some kind of an influence mm -hmm. or following or, <clears throat> or whatever mm -hmm. and you know of course we've seen the danger of that is that you put somebody up on a pedestal and you know you think that they can't do anything wrong and then they have some kind of a big huge public failure and then people actually mm -hmm. lose their faith it, you know because their faith yeah. wasn't in the right place to begin with right and it, it's like i don't know i guess i i don't, I don't even know why i just went off on a uh, in, into no, the conversation I, i'm like, with you there's got to be some sort of um I mean, I think it's getting a little bit easier for not, I don't know even the word. Um, there's more awareness of trying to let pastors and people in church world be more real. You know, um, I was part of a church years, years ago. This, um, or actually, I don't even think it was the one we were a part of. It was a different one. But they were talking about how, you know, they used to not let the pastors drink alcohol if they were out in public but they could drink it in their home. And I think they've changed that since then, but it was still like, 
what does that do in your brain a little bit? Like you don't do it for everyone else because it's not okay for everyone to see it, but you can do it in secret at your house. You know, then it creates this, again, like this image management that you are a certain way that you actually aren't. And, um, you know, I think just bringing everything before God is the important thing. And maybe if pastors, you know, if we can talk more and if pastors even and speakers, can we can talk more about these common plagues of this of the heart, what is the root of why you're doing these things? If, if pastors are free to be vulnerable with their struggle about um, pride and ego, if they can be honest about that, and if they can, if we can be honest about um, the comparison game that we play, those are things that are at the root uh, that if we don't talk and deal, talk about those and deal with those, they snowball and they end up in addictions and affairs and all the external things that we fire people for. But really those things have been growing in them and they just haven't been really addressing them up until that point. Um, I don't know if you, you obviously probably know who John Ortberg is, um, who's a pastor and author, but he talks about, you know, people can be grouchy and angry and unforgiving but if a pastor was like that or arrogant but then if he went out in the parking lot and lit up a cigarette after the service he'd be fired instantly you know wow. it's not yeah. but no one does addresses anything else that he has that's going on that everyone knows oh he hates those people or he doesn't like those people no one addresses that wow. um so yeah. You know, we just have to, I think, be talking more and more about the the root of what, you know, these other things are born out of. Mm. And I, so, I, uh, it's not fun to do. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. It's it's def it's definitely not fun. But uh, unless you're me, I guess, because I I tend to like enjoy it now because like well i got so many i only have so many days a week i can write about how messed up i am but i'm like running out of time because <laughs> i feel like i got a lot to talk about yeah yeah i think i don't i'm trying to think i i think that there's this kind of fear that a lot of us so i mean i i went through as a so I'm a pastor and I, you know, went to Bible college and I, you know, been through ministry training and all kinds of stuff. Right. And so I, I think that there's this thing that's, um, you know, that's that we're that's instilled in us and it's it comes from the Bible. And it's this thing about like, you know, if you're in a place of leadership, you're in a place of authority, you don't want to do something or you don't want people it's almost like you don't want people to see you doing something that it might be okay it, it might be okay for you as far as your personal convictions mm -hmm. but you don't want to cause somebody else to stumble right mm -hmm. like you don't want to you know somebody else that might be quote unquote you know weaker in the faith or you know they mm -hmm. might not have as much strength as you do in that area or whatever mm -hmm. and so you know i think that that's where that idea of you can drink at home but you can't, yeah. you know, yes, absolutely. Yeah. somebody sees you, then it's like this thing. And I don't know. I, I honestly, like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it anymore. You know, it used to make a lot of sense to me. 
it used to make a lot of sense to me because of, you know, some things that, that Paul says and talks about, you know, not eating meat that's been sacrificed to idols with people that are weaker in the faith because uh, for them, they feel like they're doing something wrong. He says, mm-hmm. even though there's what is an idol? I mean, the, the idol behind that thing, like it's 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 nothing. The spirit of God lives in you. Yeah. So like that's not something that you should actually that you need to be afraid of. But there are people that that still struggle with that because they're, you know, their their mind hasn't maybe been renewed as much as yours or whatever. And so it's like they so you you don't want to uh, do it around those people because you don't want to be offensive to them. Right. And, yeah. You know, potentially cause them to stumble or cause them to, you know, no longer be able to receive from you. You destroy your witness because of, you know, because of them. So it's kind of like watching out for them. And so I get that, like, I understand that. But at the same time, like, am I being inauthentic by only doing something or only being upfront and honest about something that I'm doing with my close circle of friends or, you know, within a certain context? Right. Like, are you having to lie to or, you know, cover up what you're doing so that it won't offend? I mean, I think it all comes down to love and loving doing it out of love for people around you whatever that is so you know because paul also said i became all things to all people in order that i might save some so did that mean that if he you know if you are with people and you're at a thing where i don't know not that because everyone's doing it you do it that's not what i'm saying but i think it's just (laughs) you have to be wise and about it and just not let it turn into something that's creating a sneakiness or a hiding because that's those are the kind of people not just pastors but christians who eventually just go off the rails because they are just stifling this thing all the time and trying to behave and then it becomes about behaving rather than becoming yeah you no know, we're becoming more like yeah. jesus then we're gonna be mindful of that. And it's not like, well, I can drink if I want, or I can do this if I want. You're just, you're yeah. trying to be conscientious, but not also not a slave to everyone around you. It's a very tricky, yeah. probably not a good answer. No, it's solid. Cool. You know, and, and that's really good because we do have this, uh, we do have liberty, you know, we, we have liberty, mm-hmm. we have freedom in Christ. But then Paul's like, but don't use that liberty. Don't let that liberty become something that actually <laughs> like puts you back in bondage or puts you back. In, and, and so we have this thing like, oh, I can do this because it's my it's my yeah. it's my right. It's my Christian. Like, OK, it might be your right. Yeah. But is it profitable to you? And is it profitable to the people around you? Yeah. So, Not be like a Jack Marack about it because you have the right to do it you know because yeah. that is kind of a big thing we won't even go on that topic about everyone's got a right we got a right for everything you know and I don't, you know if you get a bunch of christians being around going around you know we got a right to this yeah. and i have a right to do that um so yeah there's a lot to that yeah yeah like if i'm with my like like there's there's times it's it's to be honest it's pretty rare but like i'll have a glass of wine with my wife mm-hmm. but i wouldn't go out with like a group of church people and have a glass of wine at a restaurant i just mm-hmm. i just wouldn't 
Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the time I wouldn't have a glass of wine at a restaurant anyway. So I don't even know if this is a good example or not, but it's like, I know in me, like I wouldn't do that, but mm-hmm. I also wouldn't lie to them. And if they asked me, did you have a glass of wine with your wife last night? I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. Like, that's still one of those things where I feel like that's a, that's a line that I I don't know fully how to how to tell yet but it's just like yeah i think just for for me for my mindset almost it's like i'd rather you know be air on the side i think of being cautious over mm-hmm. here and it's not that i don't have a problem if someone else wanted to have a glass of wine and we were out at dinner or whatever but i don't want to you know i guess possibly put you in a position where you know you maybe think less of me or something like that and again maybe that's just something in my mind that it might be a religious thing in my mind that I'm just stuck with that I've had a hard time mm-hmm. getting rid of. I don't know. But yeah, it's like a lot of this stuff I've been wanting, trying to like rethink things in a context mm-hmm. of of grace, but without using, you know, grace as a license to just like get away with stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not abusing, abusing <laughs> your rights, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Sticky <laughs> situations, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad, you know, I was a pastor's wife for 20 years and um, I did have several instances where they were things not like bad things like, um, well, this was a funny one, actually. And this was maybe kind of one of those things where you get, uh, I think that I had, I had a lady actually come to my house to confront me because she had heard through a friend that I, someone asked me how I was doing. And I said, I felt like, you know, like a bad word. (laughs) And I was like, well, yeah, bad language word. And she was confronting me. And I said, well, first of all, I know that's not true because I have a problem with cussing. And by that, I mean, like, I can't do it. It's like not something I'm skilled at. I can't incorporate it into a regular conversation. Like, it's just not my go-to thing. I said, I save those words for like when I am on a roller coaster or I back into my car with my car, like that might word word might come out, but it doesn't come out in like casual conversations. So, um, so I tried to kind of explain it and defend it, even though I know I didn't say it, but then after she left, I was like, doggone it. I can't believe I just like try to explain that or defend that. And because ultimately you know i guess maybe not in that you know in that specific circumstance but but ultimately the only thing that i really believe now don't go off people if you're listening don't go saying heather says you can just cuss willy-nilly that's not what i'm saying but what get your bricks god says (laughs) what he says is to not use his name in vain that's the only thing as far as like our words you know i never ever let my kids say oh my god in fact my son when he was little he used i used to correct him if he ever said it i made him say gosh and so he was probably two he could barely talk and i or maybe not maybe a little bit younger but i walked into his room and he looked up at me and the first thing he said was i want to say gosh mom because I had not let him say gosh, because it was too close to God. So I would never say, let him say, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I just want to say it. He was obsessing about it. But that when we use his name in vain and not just 
because we say, oh my God. But when we use his name without considering what his name means, when we just throw his name around like a expression yeah. is when we use his name in vain. And that's really what I think hurts his heart. I think, you know, I can say shoot or the other one with as much hate or anger in my heart as I can. And same with all the other words. We all have our like other words we use, yes. but it's the heart that God is looking at. Right. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I don't know why I went off on that, but I just, I think sometimes we get caught up on those external things, I guess is my point, And that we forget what the root of all of it is. And those are the things that eventually those things in our hearts will come out of our, in our um, circumstances and our behaviors, they will come out. But if we can pay attention to those regularly, it hopefully won't get to the point of acting out on those mm -hmm. root um, mm -hmm. signature sins that we tend to have. Yeah, we. I remember in summer camp as a kid, uh, the counselor that I had. If one of the if one of the kids, and I think I was probably eleven or twelve, was that age group. If somebody said, "Oh my God," or "Jesus," you know, just something like that, as just an ex an exclamation and uh, kind of you know taking the name of the Lord in vain then the counselor would make us he would say finish your prayer and so if you said oh my god you would have to he'd be like finish your prayer you have to turn it into a prayer so like, oh my good. god like thank you for this day and you'd have to like do a whole prayer and so by the end of the by the end of the week we were all doing it to each other like we'd be um i have this very vivid memory like it's just one of those things that stuck with me because i thought it was funny and uh it was we were in the in the cabin and it was like one of the there were no counselors around it was just it was just kids and we were we were in there and one of the guys said you know oh my god or whatever and the, and one of the other kids you know had rubbed off on him and he was like finish your prayer but he said it like in a really <laughs> kind of like angry way he's like finish your prayer you idiot kind of thing and uh and so the kids stopped and prayed and, and that was it. But I thought that was a, that was a pretty cool thing. But the, yeah, the I think that there, sounds like a blog, about. a blog post right there. I might have to expand yeah. on that. I'd like it. It's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> That's a good, I think it's a good thing. A good, uh, a good thing for kids. Um, I, I hadn't thought about that in a long time, but I think I'm yeah. going to maybe pull that, pull that back up. If I, if I catch my kids saying it, it might yeah. that in, in my house. But yeah, the, the, that idea, like what you were talking about there with like the root, the root of things, the, the, the motivation behind what you're doing, because we can get really mad, really up in arms with somebody because they say they use a colorful word, uh, but maybe they're just, again, it's like an exclamation there. It's something, something happened, something they got scared or, you know, whatever. And we can like be like judgy over somebody for doing something like that. But then someone else is maybe not using any of the words that we've decided that are bad mm -hmm. and th but they're they're using words to tear somebody else down mm -hmm. or like you know what i mean or uh, to use a, a word i mean you can use the word idiot or the word stupid or the word fool or you know whatever which are these words that we wouldn't we wouldn't 
probably collectively say, well, those are cuss words or those are bad words, mm -hmm. but we could use them in an extremely derogatory way where we're putting somebody down. And I think personally, like that's way worse than, mm -hmm. you know, somebody stubbing their toe and dropping an F-bomb or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I go to some support group type of things and um, I hear people and I've gone to some, uh, actually they have like open AA meetings. So if you're not an alcoholic, but you want to go and, and be part of them, you can learn and stuff. So I've done that and I will, and I, I'll tell you, you know, I do have a lot of friends who they are, I would say they're Christians and, but and like me, sometimes I'll go through a whole day just doing will, my will, my way and um, behaving myself, but just living completely 100% on Heather's agenda, Heather's plan for the day, not really going to God with anything. Mm -hmm. And then I'll sit in these rooms and I hear people who cannot make it through five minutes uh, without drinking, without God's help. And they are... Mm -hmm broken and humble and they're saying man i just effing love god so much i'm so effing thankful and they'll just say the f word like 10 times in their share and they are connected to god in a way that i am not most days so i think you know we have to be very careful and um mm -hmm. hesitate hesitate to judge or um determine someone else's heart by their those kinds of things you know yeah it's very yeah. humbling we had a a church service uh pretty recently it was within it was this year it was 2023 it was pretty recently mm -hmm. uh and uh we were in a bible study and um somebody called our my my senior pastor somebody called him during bible study and just to be funny, he answered the phone and he was like, he was like, man, like, you know, I'm in Bible study right now. And the guy goes, <laughs> the guy like on speakerphone, he goes, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like right in the middle of right in the middle of church. And it was like he had a lapel mic on, you know, so it was people, you know, everybody could hear it. It was so funny. I was like, and I had a feeling. I was like, if he answers this call, I just had a feeling something. Yeah, something you know what's going to happen. Well, I but, I don't know if I talked about it on this call. I've said it before on something else, but it definitely is a story that bears repeating. But uh, do you know who Tony Campolo is? I don't think so. Okay. He's someone you need to look up because, first of all, he has the best. Yeah, he's, he's just awesome. He's kind of a long time older pastor and he's just kind of ornery in some ways so one time he was speaking at um i don't remember what college he was at he was at a christian university and he was speaking mm -hmm. and he was saying how you know uh in the last you know tonight you know this many number of people are gonna die and they're gonna go to hell and everyone's like oh you know yeah they're kind of taking a moment to let that sink in and then he said but you know what's worse than that that most of you guys don't give a shit really? and he's like and they're all just like stunned and then he said but you know what's worse than that 
that most of you are more upset about the fact that I just said that word than you were about all those people yes. who were going to hell. Like just me chills us thinking about it. I would have liked to be in that room, but yeah, in that room. Yeah. You know, that's the thing is like, what, what does Jesus care about? What does he care about? Those are the things that we need to care about. You know, people who talk, who are um, not in sync with him yet, they're still on a journey and, you know, we don't, it's not our place to determine that they're not far enough down some road that we think they should be on or some path that we just need to let God do his yeah. thing, you know, and be gracious and kind and loving. And yeah, my, my wife once, <laughs> I shouldn't say this. Uh, <laughs> we're like, we're going to, we do a whole thing on cussing and yeah. My, my, my wife one time um, dropped an F-bomb in a youth meeting sweet and she wasn't she was yeah it was it was awesome I'll be the honest. kids are like very, respect it was very powerful because it wasn't and i'm not saying whether or not it was right or wrong i'm just saying it was it was powerful because it was this moment she wasn't like saying it at anybody um but it was this moment where she could tell like that there were a lot of kids that were disconnected and she used it to say, you know, the phrase where you say, like, you have this F off written on your forehead. It was mm -hmm. like, like, that's how that's how she used it. And I mean, everybody just instantly perked up and they were with her for the rest of that session, mm -hmm. as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things. It was like, I, I mean, I wouldn't advocate for doing that. But but one one but one of the things about like. Um, like when you when you don't just <laughs> like i find this even with comedians and stuff like that like when you just superfluously uh throw around cuss words and stuff like that or you know strong let's just say strong language like it doesn't mean anything it's it's like mm -hmm. just all that like you're just doing it because you're just so used to doing it but mm -hmm. like a well i just think this you know <laughs> well timed get, and I'm, well I might, get, I might offend somebody but yeah like a well-placed a well-timed strong word can really help to drive a point across and i don't really know why and obviously this we didn't plan on talking about cussing heather <laughs> so thanks for going thanks for going here with me i'm going to send you but my like, blog that i wrote on cussing i'll tell you that later you, okay yeah please you do. can post it yeah but it's like i mean at what point i mean we we determined right somebody determined that these words were bad somebody right, determined right. that this word was a word that was that was bad but it's end of the day it's a word and so i feel like the motive the motivation the 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 root motivation behind why we're using certain words or why we're saying certain things i think that that really you know plays a factor but i also you know don't think that we should you know be overly offended and be like you know writing somebody off because they mm -hmm. you know drop a word every once in a while mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get so much so many letters <laughs> nobody letters. writes I'm, I'm, any letters to duke or emails i haven't i haven't gotten an angry letter in a while so i okay um, well. i welcome it I welcome yeah it. <laughs> yeah well um heather yeah so uh just changing gears before we wrap this up um pot the podcast is going well Right. How's uh, what, what's the yes. latest on uh, on your podcast? 
Um, yeah, Bruce and I are in our second season for uh, Can I Have a Word with You, where we just unpack one word every week. Every Tuesday it comes out. And uh, a couple times, like when my son had his accident, um, he did a couple guest speakers, and then he did one or two, I think, on his own, because I was still not quite in my right mind. So we've done that a few different times, but we just did a good one last week on the word pressure. And that was prompted by me. Well, first of all, I always say I am pressure prompted. I don't procrastinate, I'm pressure prompted. So I think that in that sense can be a helpful word, but mostly it was about just the pressure that I'm sure you probably experienced that too, as doing this line of work that we're in where there's really no time, timeline that anybody can define and really we just want all of it kind of to happen now <laughs> we want everything to be scheduled now and we want to have know what we're going to be doing you know in next month and yeah and we just can't and i've been doing so much foot so much legwork to make calls to churches to get um to do these events and then stuff for work i'm a realtor so i've been trying to you know, call people about houses. And if I felt like every everything I was doing was just reproducing nothing. And, but I had this enormous sense of pressure to produce and perform and to, I don't know, just keep at it and keep at it. And I finally felt like God was like, Heather, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. just calm down. You know, I need you to rest right now i need you to trust me most of all that yes. if i want someone to call you out of the blue they they can do i can do that yeah. you know because i just was feeling like it was all up to me and i just got to do all this work and then then god will honor all my hard work as opposed to like you know what maybe you just take care of your heart do the things that are in front of you and then let him take care of the results of all of it so anyway our podcast was about pressure that we um, put on ourselves and our expectations we have of ourselves. And so that was a, a lot of it's therapy for us as we talk through these things yeah. and hopefully again, <laughs> that it helps someone else. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And so the, the, just uh, to reiterate the concept of the podcast, it's basically you guys uh, each week you choose uh, one, one word to, to dive into mm -hmm. And um, the podcast is called Can I Have a Word With You, correct? Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure I'm saying that correctly. Yeah. Yep. So people can find it. It's on Spotify. It's on everywhere, right? Apple Podcasts. Apple, or iTunes. Anchor, and YouTube. It's on my YouTube channel now. YouTube. So I'm trying to point some people back to that. Um, I'm getting ready, actually, to do a new YouTube channel, I guess, called From Here to There with Heather. And. Oh, cool. It'll be just probably five minutes or less of me driving in my car, going from here to there, um, talking about how I got from here to there from my previous podcast and my previous blog. So I try to write a blog a week. I try to do a podcast a week. So I'm going to just talk a little bit about like, okay, here's what prompted me to write about that. Check it out. Here's why we were talking about pressure. Um, check that out and just kind of give people a little quick summary of those and hopefully point them back to 
you know, going to listen to them or going to read them. My site, the, the thing that I, you know, if someone asked me what, if you could do anything with all your book and your blog and your um, events and your podcast, what, what would it be if you could just have your perfect way? And I would probably, I would say I want to just write uh, and I do like, actually, I love to do podcasts. I didn't know that till I started doing podcasts. Um, I like the dialogue back and forth a lot, but I would, I love to write. And then I love to use, use those topics to encourage other people. So what I try to get people to do at my events is to actually go to my site and sign up for the weekly blogs so that they come to their email. I actually walk them through how to do that, which is hilarious, actually, because you have to use a QR code or you can. You don't have to, but you, I try to get them to do that. So to get women, especially my age and older, to figure out how to use a QR code is hysterical. Um, luckily, from COVID, that's one of the things most people can do a little better now is because they know what they are and how to hover over it because they used to have to use a get it, um, pull it up to use uh, the menu right for during covid but um anyway on my site you can browse the blogs by topic and so every time i write there's probably 30 or 40 topics in there and i go through and i categorize those blogs into several different topics like i said comparison contentment control greed um grief uh whatever they fit under and then so if you're having a hard time with something you can just scroll through those and oh you know i'm struggling with forgiveness click on forgiveness or resentment and then everything i've ever written and there's probably 500 blogs in there probably awesome. 200 of them are probably under <laughs> resentment and forgiveness because <laughs> i write a lot about that um but everything i've ever written will pull up so you can just kind of immerse yourself in some of the craziness of things i've gone through and some I always come to some sort of solution that God gives me by the end. That doesn't mean I'm doing it yet. It just means that I've kind of reasoned it out. And by the end, I have some sort of a answer uh, of what to yeah. do with this. So I really would encourage people to check that out because that's why I go to all that trouble to get those categorized is um, I want people to use it as a daily tool. Like, man, I just completely am comparing myself to everybody and I feel like mm. such a failure and a loser and i have wow. stuff on comparison they can go and read so well wow. you know my dream is that people will just use that all the time to help themselves get through you know i believe from second corinthians 1 4 where it says you know praise be to the god of all comfort who comforts us and all our affliction so that we can comfort others with the same comfort we've been given by god and the way i say that is we go through what we go through so we can help others get through what we went through. And that's why I yes. write anything. Yeah. That's so good. I love it. So that's on that's on your you get there through your website. Mm-hmm. Tethercarterwrites.com. And you just can browse by topic. And then I write a new one every week. So um, if you sign up to get those in your email, then the podcast and the blog will come to your email every week. So you don't forget to go there to see the new ones. Cause those ones are not in a book, obviously uh, the other yeah. 
300, the first 300 blogs I wrote are in my first book, Soul Selfie, and then the Soul Selfie hashtag no filter is the second chunk mm -hmm. of blogs. And then there's another couple hundred that aren't in a book yet. Yeah, that's very, very cool. Yeah. So if you, if you, cause that's helpful. Like if you feel like you're struggling with something in particular, whether, you know, you mentioned several of these things, right? Resentment, comparison, uh, you know, you feel you're constantly comparing yourself to other people and it's just causing you to feel lousy, to feel depressed, to feel like, you know, beaten down, mm -hmm. whatever. If you're dealing with bitterness, unforgiveness, um, that's a really, really cool thing because what happens is I think so often these these things that we struggle with and that we just kind of carry around with us, like anger is a big one. You know, there's nothing wrong with oh, yeah. getting angry in the moment about something, but that anger that lingers that we carry with us. It ends up like it operates in the background. We don't even mm -hmm. realize that it's happening. And so we find, you know, we find ourselves snapping at other people. We find ourselves like getting frustrated, like going from zero mm -hmm. to 10 really, really quickly. It's, and it's not that we just got there really quickly. It's that, no, like you've actually been carrying this thing around with mm -hmm. you and you didn't even recognize it because you're just so used to it. And so having a resource like that where there's just stuff to uh, like the, stuff from that's positive and from the word of God, mm -hmm. that's going to help you to kind of inundate your mind, to inundate your thoughts with truth. Uh, because it's that repetition of truth that I feel like um, helps us to get free from that and to start to change the, the operating system of our mind, mm -hmm. you know, so that it's not, it's no longer this anger or this frustration or this unforgiveness or hatred or whatever it is that's kind of going on in the background and, and governing <laughs> like entire portions of our life, it's like um, we can begin to change that by replacing it with the word of God. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, um, yeah. Well, so I was just pulling up some of the categories that I talk about. There's some on acceptance, anxiety, attitude, brokenness, um, character defects, choices, control, contentment, enough fear god's presence grace gratitude you know all the things that we all isolation jealousy mm. uh oh yeah i need to go yeah, read I mean, my own struggled with any of those things but <laughs> yeah. I know there's it's a good thing that, that, yeah <laughs> self-will self-talk mm. i you know it sounds like it sounds weird and i'd and it sounds egocentric to say it, but it's not because of that, that I do it. But I read my own blog and my own book quite a bit because mm -hmm. I, because things leak out of me sometimes, you know, the, the things I know to be true sometimes get clouded by, by the world and um, distractions. So when I read my book, I'm like, oh yeah, I told, I forgot I believe that. You know, or it's bad when I compare myself with myself and I'm still messed up. I'm like, oh, my gosh, if I could just be as smart as this girl, I'd be doing really well. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I just listen to myself, I would be doing doing better. But it just yeah. is a way to reflect and remind myself of what I I know in my heart. I believe about the truths that God yeah. has put in me. Yeah, that's really good. All right, Heather. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. But I appreciate you uh, so much for your time. I, I didn't mention this at the beginning, uh, but uh, 
this is the third time you've been on here with me and so i appreciate you coming back and it's always just a a good fun conversation and i uh, appreciate how open you are and again i think that your your openness your honesty your vulnerability in the way that you teach the way that you write the way that you podcast the way that you you know do all the things that you do i think that it's uh, really really powerful because i think that it gives other people permission to live their lives that way as well and to be mm -hmm. open and honest about things that they might be going through things that they might be struggling with um you know these plagues of the soul as you call them that that we, we so often just carry with us and mm -hmm. oftentimes not even realizing the level of negative impact that they do have on our lives over time mm -hmm. and i i think that it's uh, just really really powerful the way that you operate in that that place of of honesty that you live your life from so thank you so much for all that you do and uh, thanks again for for joining me today yeah thanks for having me i appreciate it let's do it again soon we'll talk about some more taboo topics yeah. <laughs> <laughs> falling pastors and cussing and stuff like that <laughs> We hit drinking in there. We yeah. Hit, oh, yeah. We, drinking too. We, my gosh. I'm always getting myself in trouble. We hit some of the, some <laughs> of the buttons, right? Today. Yeah. That's right. Hey, you know what uh, they well, say? It's all bad publicity is still publicity, right? <laughs> <laughs> they might be talking about us one way or another. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a good that That makes me feel better. Yeah. That's a good way to think about it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you for joining us. Appreciate you guys mm -hmm. for being here as well. Uh, please come back for a future episode of Real Life Talk. Don't forget to leave a comment or a review. Um, and uh, don't forget to check out um, Heather's resources. Um, we've got the books that are available. Uh, well, let, let, let me let me just mention a couple things again. So there's the, the podcast. Um, can I have a word with you that uh, Heather co-hosts with Pulver? Bruce Pulver, yep. Bruce Pulver. Um, you have two books out. You have uh, Soul Selfie and Soul Selfie hashtag no filter. And uh, those are both available on Amazon as well as on your website. Your website, heathercarterwrites.com, is an awesome resource to find um, those blog posts and uh, just more resources to help you guys yeah. deal with these things, <laughs> these soul <laughs> issues that we yeah. all uh, that we all deal with. So uh, is there anything else that I, that I missed to just remind everybody of? Um, I think, well, and also if you, you um, are interested in hosting a soul selfie soiree at your church or in your town, those right now, um, they, they can find out more information about those and contact me through my email that is all on my website. So I'm booking I still have some more uh, slots open through this year. So get yours scheduled and uh, yeah, we'll have some fun. Beautiful. Love it. All, All right, right, everybody. Thanks, dude. See you later. Yeah. Thank you, Heather.